my name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And I want to start by thanking Brad Fuqua for speaking last week. He stepped in and really did a, a wonderful job. And uh, today we are continuing our message series called Everything. The idea is this. What has God placed in your hand? What has He given you? He's given each and every one of us gifts and talents and resources and ideas and creativity and so much more. What's in your hand that you can use to bring God glory and to love people well? These are certainly some very interesting days that we're living in. When was the last time that our nation came to a halt? When was the last time church buildings and schools and restaurants and bars and government buildings and so much more closed their doors? When was the last time sporting events, theaters, movie houses, and public libraries closed up shop? These are certainly unprecedented times, times we have never faced before as a church, as families, or as individuals. But Christ. Let me say that one more time. But Christ. He has been and will continue to be with us through it all. Throughout history, whenever the church has faced perilous times, the church has always been a beacon of hope and a light in the darkness. And let me remind you who the church is. The church is not a building. As a matter of fact, the church has left the building. You are the church. The church is people. The church is the light of the world. You can be a light in these dark times. You will be a force for good in this present day. What do we mean by everything? Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. He was writing to a a church in Rome. He was writing to a group of people who were facing persecution. They were facing some very difficult days. But this is what we mean when we say everything. Listen to the words of Paul in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Once again, I ask you the question, what has God placed in your hand? What has He given you? What can you use to bring Him glory and to love people well? This Sunday, today, as we continue to broadcast our service online and as we continue to meet online instead of physically meeting together, we have a very unique opportunity to reach and to connect with more people than we ever have before. Throughout the week last week, over a thousand people engaged with our service. That's incredible. Over a thousand people engaged with our service online throughout the week last week. This is certainly a time that we want as many people as possible to hear the hope-filled message that Jesus is alive and well. So I want you to take a moment right now, and I want to encourage you to share the link, spread the news, uh, start some watch parties. 
We want everyone to know that Jesus is for you. He's not against you. And he's going to walk with you through these times. You know, things are changing. And change can be really hard sometimes. But I believe that God is raising up people who are going to lift the ceiling on what has been. People who will move forward in faith, not in fear. And they will expect great things from a great God who is always doing something new. The title of the sermon this morning is Not Less, More. In a time of social distancing and quarantines and hoarding toilet paper, we all might have a feeling of less. You might be feeling less right now. Many of us are feeling less connected or less interaction with our friends and our family and our loved ones. Maybe, maybe you're even feeling less generous and maybe you're struggling with less serving. But I'm here to tell you this morning, not less, more. It's going to look a little bit different than the way we've always done it. Um, it's going to be different in this season that we're in. But let me, let me explain a little bit about what I'm thinking. With the assistance of technology, we can connect better than we ever have before. We're making plans uh, with some friends of ours to connect online, and we're going to play a game of Yahtzee online. It's going to be a blast. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a wonderful time. Um, But with the help of technology, we can still connect. We've encouraged our small groups here at Grace Church to continue to meet online using platforms like Google Hangouts and Zoom. Using those platforms, you can still connect online with your small group and you can have your own game of Yahtzee. We can still connect with people. We can use technology to connect maybe even more so than we have before. I mean, that's what social media was intended for, right? Not less connection, more connection. Throughout the coming weeks, you're going to spend more time with your family than you probably have in months. You know, you could leverage this time to better connect with your spouse, to to better connect with your kids. Man, build some puzzles, play some games, work on those unfinished projects, worship together, pray together. This is not a time of less, but more, more time with your family to connect and to relate. Not less relating, more. By the way, I I was telling Katie, our children's pastor, that we better prepare for G-Kids, the nurseries, especially in G-Kids, to double in the next nine months. Not less relating, more, okay? You know, this this is a fearful time for a lot of people. This is a fearful time for a lot of business owners, employees, This can be a fearful time for a lot of people who are just simply trying to pay their bills. You may be thinking, what's going to happen to my business? How are we going to pay the bills? What if business dries up? You know, the thoughts of fear, the thoughts of anxiety, they can flood your mind, they can invade your soul. But but listen, friends, listen. This is the tactic of the enemy. Satan is the author of fear. When we cave into fear, fear causes us to lose faith. 
Fear puts us on the run. And when fear invades our minds and our souls, we lose our focus. We lose the ability to make sound decisions. Fear does not come from God. If you've been living in fear, if you're anxious all the time, if if you're afraid of what's going to happen, if you're afraid about where the economy is going or where the world is going, I'm here to remind you this morning online, I'm here to remind you that we are Jesus people. And because we know Jesus, we don't live in fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. When the rest of the world lives in fear, we move into our future with peace of mind and peace of heart. We live by faith, not fear. We're not panicking. We have the peace from heaven. We're not fearful. We live by faith. Our God is good and He has a plan and He will give us light for the way. He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. He is working in all things. Listen, whatever you're going through, whatever we will go through, know this. You need to know this. God is with you. He's with you. You will be tempted to turn to fear, to turn to doubt. But what we need right now is more faith, not less faith, more. I want to I take us to an amazing story in the Scriptures. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha. Let me give you a, a little background on this, on this story. Some of you watching, maybe you've never even been to church. Maybe this is your first experience of, of going to a church, uh, and, and it's online. You're in your living room, in your PJs. How cool is that? <clears throat> but in 2 Kings chapter 6, an aggressive foreign king, the king of Aram, is trying to invade Israel. But he keeps getting his plans of attack ruined because God has given Elisha the ability to see right through the enemy's plans. And Elisha keeps Israel one step ahead of the enemy. So much so, the king of Aram thinks that there's a traitor in his midst. Every time he tries to make plans, Israel's always one step ahead. And Look at verses 11 and 12 of 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, he tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. God gave Elisha the ability to see right through the plans of the enemy. The king of Aram is so ticked off that he goes after Elisha to destroy him. Look at verse 13. Go and find where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. 
When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. If you can picture it, Elisha has a servant and his servant comes running back in and he's terrified. He's filled with fear and anxieties. And and he says, what are we going to do? And Elisha's servant was filled with fear because they were surrounded by this army that was looking to destroy them. You know, maybe you're feeling a little bit surrounded right now. Maybe you're full of fear and anxieties. Maybe you're, you're battling the, the thoughts about, uh, you know, your uncertain future. Listen, my, my prayer for you this morning is that you will be able to see beyond your immediate fears of a virus or your immediate fears of uh, the economy or provision. My prayer is that you will be able to see beyond your fears and see the power of God. Look at verses 16 and 17. Elisha, he looks to his servant and he says, Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, his servant, for there are more on our side than theirs. Verse 17, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes. God, open our eyes and let him see. God, let us see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up and he looked beyond his fears, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. The armies of heaven had the enemy surrounded. How incredible is that? Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see how you are working and moving in these times. Strengthen our faith in you and allow us to get just a glimpse of your power and your glory. In Jesus' name, we ask these things in faith. Amen. Or let it be so. I I want to give you three ideas this morning. Three ideas of how you can combat, how you can fight against fear that may be invading your mind in your soul right now. These are just a few ideas. There's there's a whole bunch of ideas, just so you know, but these are just three ideas. Here's three ideas that will help you to fight fear and will lead you to use what God has put in your hand to glorify God and love others. Number one, I encourage you to live by faith, not by fear. John 14, 27, this, this is Jesus speaking to us. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Live by faith, not by fear. Number two, be sacrificial, not selfish. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. Be sacrificial during these times especially. Don't be selfish. And then number three, 
Be the light. Don't hide it. Listen to the words of Jesus once again in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. You are. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Be the light. Don't hide the light. This brings me to a challenge that I wanted to share with everyone. This brings me to a challenge that this is something that the pastor team has been praying about, and I believe it could start a wave of good deeds to help light up the darkness in this region. This is a challenge, by the way, that we all can do. We're calling it the For Our Neighbors Challenge. We're for our neighbors. We're for our communities. We're for this region. Here's the idea. I'm asking every one of you to go to four different neighbors. And I'm encouraging you to to knock on their door. You can call them if you have their phone number. If not, knock on their door. Make sure you keep some distance, okay? Don't freak them out. But uh, knock on their door. Maybe you've never met them before. I want to encourage you to introduce yourself. Ask if they're doing okay during these times and ask if they need anything. Maybe maybe you can make a grocery run for them. Maybe you can pick up some prescriptions that they might need or their medications. Maybe they need some toilet paper or some food. Here's here's what I want you to do. If, If they share some needs with you, I want you to trust God to use you to meet those needs. Trust God to use you. And let's practice this idea of being sacrificial, not selfish. So go to four neighbors, knock on their door, ask how they're doing, ask if they have any needs, and then try to meet their needs. If you have a neighbor that has some needs that are big, maybe maybe they share a need with you that is beyond your reach. You're incapable of meeting that need. I want to encourage you to contact us here at Grace Church, and we will do everything we can to assist you in meeting your neighbor's needs. Four neighbors, okay? Four neighbors. We're for our neighbors. We're going to meet four neighbors. We're going to introduce ourselves. We're going to ask if they're doing okay. We're going to ask if they have any needs. And then we're going to trust God to use us to meet those needs. So I want to encourage you to take the for our neighbors challenge. And let's just just do a little bit of math real quick to, to help us understand how this could really start a wave of good deeds around this region. Last week, over a thousand people interacted with Grace Church online, okay? But knowing that that number represents some families and stuff, let's knock that number down to 500 people. Let's say that 500 people decide to take the For Our Neighbors Challenge. And they reach out to four of their neighbors. They knock on their door. They introduce themselves. They ask how they're doing. They ask if they have any needs. And then they begin to meet those needs. That would mean 2,000 people would be positively impacted by this effort. It's really as simple as that. Listen, none of us can do it all, 
But we can all pick up the phone and call a neighbor. We can all walk across the street and knock on a door. We can all serve our neighbors. We can all be a light in this region during these difficult days. Not less service, more. Just yesterday, we had some dear friends drop off a bag of goodies on our front porch. Someone knocked at the door, and there was a bag waiting for us on the, on the front porch. And in this bag was six rolls of toilet paper. I mean, pure gold, right? There was two rolls of paper towels. There was a bunch of food and goodies and snacks. And there was a wonderful card of encouragement. And it really, really blessed us. It was, it was awesome. It was really cool. But listen, this is a time that we can really bless people and we can encourage them and we can show them the love of God in real, tangible ways. I also had a dear friend that I talked with last week. She told me that she was feeling a lot of anxiety and she was struggling with fear herself about what was going on in the world today. And she was really struggling. And she decided to get on the phone and she decided to check in with people. And so she started calling everybody that she knew, um, every elderly person that she knew, um, her neighbors, uh, friends and family. She said that people were really encouraged by getting a phone call from her. But something else really amazing happened. She told me that the more that she reached out to other people, the less fear and anxiety she felt. Man, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so once again, I encourage you, not less service, but more. Once again, things are changing and they're changing fast and change can be really hard sometimes. But like I said before, I believe God is raising up people who are going to lift the ceiling on what has been. And they will move forward in faith, not in fear. And they will expect great things from our great God. And listen, as unfortunate and as difficult as these times are, I'm excited to see all of the good that comes out of it. Because I know this, the people of God have always risen to the challenge. Don't underestimate what God wants to do in and through you. You have been given the fruit of the Spirit. You have been empowered by the Almighty God. You have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen, today is the day to rise up, to be bold, to be courageous, to be the church. Not less, more. I'm going to conclude this morning with a prayer from the Apostle Paul. As I was reading the scriptures, doing my personal devotions, I came across these verses and it just, I think it's perfect for the times that we're living in. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3. This was written by Paul while he was in prison for proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. So he too was facing some difficult situations. He had some time of solitude. He's sitting in jail. These were difficult days for Paul, but listen to how he responded to these difficulties. And my prayer is that these verses will really encourage you and bless you. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. When I think of all this, 
I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though.